Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Podcast. We're the Switched Manual Guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. And Happy New Year to everybody. This is our first podcast of the uh, first episode of the year. I thought I'd say Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tom. Happy New Year, Tony. It's going to be a great photography year. I get that feeling. Yeah, man. A lot of pictures. Too many. I've taken too many pictures last year. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible to take too many pictures, but... Yeah, no, impossible. My Lightroom library has increased by leaps and bounds. Yeah, no, that's a good thing. I slowed down a little bit, and so my, my vow is to uh, take more. Yeah, we got to get you in one of those new cameras. Having a new, having a new gadget is always an inspiration to go out and take pictures. Yeah, well, there is the Mark III. And they're all the Fuji cameras, the ones I love. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway... Um, we thought we'd do this episode as the black and white versus color. We couldn't come up with a better title than that because it, it, it is a, well, it's a battle, you know, it's not quite Mac and PC or uh, Democrat, Democrat and Republican, maybe, but black and white versus color. Why, uh, why are we doing, why do we choose one over the other? And yeah. Uh, and Antonio, you've uh, you've been doing quite a bit of black and white lately, and this is going to be a little bit of a smackdown because I'm more the color guy and you're the black and white guy. Why don't you uh, say a little bit about why uh, you've been drawn into shooting in black and white, what you like about it for your, your street shots? Well, I started shooting my – I'm going to date myself here, but I started shooting my photography in black and white and you know, spent all the time in the darkroom tons of time in my darkroom so i learned black and white and just doing commercial stuff for a while going back and doing color because that's what i ended up earning money with and now going back to shooting black and white mainly because well i'm doing a lot of street photography right you know that in the neighborhood i'm the guy wandering uh-huh. around with a camera I mean, first of all, I have this new camera, which is very much helping me sort of explore black and white again. In fact, I have a couple of new cameras that shoot black and white pretty well. And I don't know. There's something refreshing about removing the color from the pictures that I'm shooting. I've been, you know, I live my life in color. I see color and color television. Everything's color, color, color. And to go out and to take away the color, especially in my street shots is a refreshing moment. And once I started getting into shooting black and white street shots, I I was seeing the results and they are like, in a sense, I found the kind of black and white photography that looks like what I've always wanted to take pictures of. It was stuff that I could not really do in the dark room easily. I mean, I could, if I spent a lot of time and having learned to work in a dark room and get the kind of look I wanted, but you know, dark rooms are gone and you know, I have to do all the black and white in post-production now. But I just got these cameras that would naturally produce black and white pictures on their own, and they were creating the look that I wanted. And that combined with my subjects, you know, the shooting of the you know, the street shots, it just clicked. It just became this thing that I'm doing. And, of course, you know, we live in this great diverse neighborhood. I'm shooting all these great faces of people, and it just harkens back to an old day of, you know, another style of photography that I've always appreciated. And now yeah, I'm sort of getting my, my hands into it myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something sort of retro about black and white. And 
And it is, it, it seems more pure in a certain way. I mean, even, even though I'm the color guy, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I appreciate the beauty of the images that you're getting. And because I live in the same neighborhood, I, I know I can really appreciate the difference between just the distraction, I guess. And, and the, I don't know, there's, there's that shift to, from just seeing the, the streaming flow of life and with all the distraction of color and then just kind of these pure essential images that are black and white that yeah they have a retro feel and and i think what you're saying too about just something about uh this goes back to that birth of an image podcast in terms of just what it is that you're after what you're trying to do what you have in mind to produce by way of images and so you're really seeing the world in black and white yeah and i I, you know i do want to put out that you know, when I say distracting colors, you know, that almost sounds bad and it's not, you know, sometimes color, you know, you look at a picture or you look at a scene and there can be so much color going on that you're sort of losing the the subject that you're trying to portray. And, you know, sometimes when you take a picture, when I take a picture in color sometimes, actually, this is how I might have started um, again, is that I was shooting a lot of street photos in color and wasn't quite getting what I wanted. And I, just for a whim, I said, well, let me just see what it looks like if I take the color out. And suddenly I got it. Uh, and uh-huh. so the things that I was focusing on, the subject matter, the color was getting in the way. I shoot a lot of pictures of people, and sometimes the colors in the background were just, they would blend in with the people, and it wasn't getting me what I wanted. So I don't want to say that color is, you know, when it sounds like distracting, it sounds like it'd be bad, and it's not. Just for the work that I was going after, it got in the way. And so sometimes removing the color, suddenly I'm not looking at, you know, a red background and a green background that's competing with this person's face and their shirt is striped and blah, blah, blah. Suddenly I'm taking the color out and then I'm now working with shapes and textures and light and dark. You know, there's a lot fewer things to compete with, with the subject. I just want to bring that as a point so that, you know, I'm not trying to say that black and white's better than color. We're not, you know, we even though we're saying black and white versus color, and you're the color guy, and I'm the black and white guy. Yeah, well, I can defend color. Um, <laughs> Go so ahead, me, give it a let shot. Let me try to do that. Okay, one one thing I just like, and you know, I don't know why this is. I I, I see other photographers doing it, so I assume it's a just a fairly common thing. But I I just think it's fun to when you see matching colors and you know, and or complementary colors. I mean, this gets a little bit mm-hmm. into the notion of, you know, an image having a certain palette, just the overall color tones. And, and, and then there's sort of an emotional sense that an image can convey. Yeah, but in particular, when, when I see something that is, is matching, and oftentimes it's sort of an uncanny or unusual thing, and that lens gives off the sense that this is really a just a, a moment in time, a particular mm-hmm. happening that someone wearing these colors walked in front of this sign mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, a school bus and who knows. But but oftentimes it's just how the colors are relating to other colors in the image. And sometimes that can be part of the symmetry of an image, too. There's that one we use in our workshop, a shot of mine that I took in, in Washington Square Park with a wide angle looking at the fountain mm-hmm. and and there happened to be these two little boys were running around down in the water i think this was prior to the renovation of the fountain and both of these little boys i don't know if they were friends or brothers but they were both wearing red bathing suits 
And, and because one's on the right side of the image and one's on the left, it just lends mm-hmm. this really nice symmetry. And, you know, there, it would still be there to a degree with, with, if it were black, in black and white. But, but the red trunks just pop out. And yeah, so, they draw your eye to it. I mean, you're using yeah. those little spots of color to pull in your vision. I think that it's a fun shot, and I don't think that shot would work in black and white. I think it could only work in color. Yeah, that, that goes to that notion of once you have an image and you're playing with it, looking at it and trying to decide, you know, well, what, is, what am I trying to do with this image and, and, and what is its final form going to be? Sometimes, too, with color... I, it's it's really an essential part of the image. Like for example, I, I was at a protest recently, and there was a, a man holding a flag, an American flag, but the flag was in black and white. And and so hmm. this was was a protest shot. This then the guy was calling attention to race issues in America right now, and and so he had somehow created this. Uh, American flag that was black and white. Now, if if the whole image were in black and white, then the fact that the flag was black and white would be harder to discern. You know, you might even totally miss that. But when when the image is in color and you can see other things that are in color within the image, clothing and trees and bushes and whatever, then then the fact that the flag that this guy is holding is black and white is very apparent. That's interesting because there's so many people who do those spot color pictures, which yeah, I, it had me thinking about that. I'm not a big yeah. fan of, and I'm sorry. I mean, I'm I don't want anybody to get insulted, and I'm not going to make judgments about it. But I'm not a big fan of a black and white shot with a single bit of color. You know that that is usually is done in post production, or the camera can do it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that. But what's interesting is you're talking about it's like a natural spot black and white. So there was something in the shot that yeah. was black and white, and the rest right. was color. And right. by doing that, it made it. It's making a statement too, which is really interesting. You you mentioned complementary colors. I want to, you know, I'm not jumping ship because I'm the black and white guy. You know, when you talk about complementary colors, there's such an electricity from that you can get from complementary colors, like uh-huh. like a yellow and a blue together. When yeah. you see those two together, like as a black and white, that would be almost I don't say meaningless. I'm thinking there's a shot I did of some pipes coming out of a blue wall and they were yellow. And I think if that was a black and white shot, it would pretty much be a black wall with white pipes. And it might look interesting, but it wouldn't have the electricity that the complementary colors would have. I I agree completely. Mm -hmm. I I have a shot that I like that I took in Cuba. And it's of one of these like 1950 era cars that was on the back of a truck. And I was in a bus next to this. So... You know, it's it's a shot of this car on a truck, and the car is blue and white, and and the sky is blue, and there's white clouds, and so that's another example of when when the colors just are mirroring and complementing each other so so dramatically that you would just lose something to switch that into black and white. You know, something drew you to it too. The colors drew you to the to the picture in the first place. Uh huh. Exactly. You know. Knowing what we do, you know, to go to the technical part of this a little bit is that this is what's so good about digital is, you know, obviously we can shoot in color and then we can decide later what to do. You know, so you have the shot and you're looking at it later on and it's 
and it's a color shot and maybe it's this wall or this car and you're just like well it doesn't quite work and you can you can play around with it later whereas before when we were shooting film you're like you shot black and white film you were kind of done you had to sort of pre-visualize your image ahead of time and then you shot the film and then you processed it but there was you know you're going out and shooting black and white and that's what you're doing today Right, um, and that gets to the idea that it's ultimately, even though we're playfully saying color versus black and white, we don't always know when we're shooting and what how the image is going to end up, depending on the image itself. Right. It's you know, by by you're saying that it's like you you're you're going outside and you're trying to decide what to do. Um, it reminds me of that uh, Yogi Berra quote. Uh, he says, "When yeah. you come to a fork in a road, take it." Right. You know, same thing. Right. It's like you're out there and you're going to shoot something. You don't necessarily have to decide at that moment that you're going to go black and white or color. You might see it one way or the other, but you can shoot it and then you can work on it later. I want to do, you know, as a caveat, it's much better if you're going to shoot raw files so that you can convert them to black and white later. It's a little harder to do, you know, if you're shooting JPEGs, unless you're shooting color JPEGs, which you can convert into black and white. But it's, you know, I always suggest that you shoot in raw because then you can, you have all those options later. Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes I will shoot monochrome JPEGs, which you can then not colorize, so you're you're in locked a sense, in. Locked in, yeah. But I don't know why. I just I like doing that sometimes. Well, you know, with my new camera, I do shoot black and white JPEGs. I shoot raw backups, so that uh-huh. I just have a raw file that I can actually the camera can reprocess. Um, the camera has got a nice processing engine in it, so. When I'm on the train, after I've done some shooting on the street, I can look at the shots and I can say, oh, well, I'd like a little more contrast in this. And because I have the raw file, the camera lets me reprocess the picture and I can go and make another black and white or I can go back and make a color shot. But I generally am using the black and white JPEG that comes out of the camera. But I do have that raw as a backup option in case I want to go back and change it into color or something like that. Leica came out with a camera that was only that only shoots black and white. Mm. $7,000. Or eight thousand dollars. I was like, if you can afford that camera, I, I don't know why anybody would buy that camera. I'm sorry. I don't even care if it's a Leica. Spending seven grand on a camera that only shoots black and white, I think is crazy. Yeah, eh, that's chump change. It's chump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, so, get- Antonio. One thing we wanted to touch on was the fact that uh, it is easier now with modern cameras, and it doesn't have to be a seven thousand dollar camera with the, with the new Fuji you've got. You were talking about being able to literally see in black and white yeah. through the viewfinder. Yeah. You know, when I was growing up and taking pictures, my viewfinder was an optical viewfinder. So when I looked through it, I would see the world in color, but I was shooting black and white film. For some reason for me, I had a hard time visualizing in black and white. And, and there were all these steps that you had to take. You, you picked your black and white film. You shot it. Then you had to process it in a certain kind of developer. And that would affect the way the film looked, the negatives would look. And then you'd have to print it. And you would choose a certain kind of paper to print it on. And then you would develop it in a certain way. And all of those steps would you know, give you a black and white picture. And there were people who could pre-visualize how all those steps were going to be. And so when they looked through the viewfinder, they could see black and white. I could not. So fast forward to now and the new uh, digital cameras like the Fujis and the, um, some of the Nikons and the Sonys and Canons where you can actually preview while you're shooting will give you on your screen, you know, what the shot's going to look like. So now when I'm looking at my Fuji, I see the black and white shot. And so the camera is sort of helping me visualize what things are going to look like in black and white. So now it's actually easier for me 
in the real world to not look through my camera. I can look at something and, and I can see the black and white. But, you know, Ansel Adams could do that. He could look at a scene and he knew what that scene would look like in black and white. And I wish I could do that. But the cameras now, they help you. So it's, you. Yeah, yeah, they help you. And I, it's almost like going to photography school again for me, which is really weird. I've been a photographer all my life. But now I'm going and, you know, I'm able to visualize my pictures the way they're going to be because the camera is helping out. This is a great way that the equipment is making my photography better for me and making me a better photographer. You can not only shoot the JPEGs from the camera, you could shoot raw files and then go to Photoshop or Lightroom and, and post-process them in black and white. And those tools that we have now are, are that come from all these guys in the past who process stuff in the dark room and, created all these techniques for black and white photography we now can do it in photoshop a lot easier doesn't mean that just because you can do it easier it doesn't cheapen it you know yeah like you said before we are standing on the shoulders of people who yeah. went before and I, I like that way of looking at it yeah and you know the goal is to get the picture you know i don't think the goal is to necessarily process and develop and tweak and stuff like that the goal is to get that final image and whether it's black and white or color that's what our goal is mm -hmm. you know again yeah. to look at that shot though to look at that subject matter and say well do i want black and white do i want color i mean i'm kind of glad that we don't have to decide that right away right yeah it's nice to have the flexibility of options you know one one aspect of this i wanted to touch on was i think there's something to be said for helping the viewer you know, like, I mean, often we're taking these pictures for people, whether someone's mm -hmm. paying us or whether we're doing it to produce art that someone will later be looking at. And there, there's a couple of shots, like, I don't shoot that much black and white, but there, there have been a couple that I've taken that look black and white. And you have to really look at it hard when I had, when I left them just in their natural color state they would look really black and white and but but I just turned them into black and white images so that it there would be no question because otherwise it seemed like it was a little confusing right, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. is that the picture that you took in Ireland of the of the cross yeah that that's one of them so that's exactly. one of my favorite yeah. pictures that you've taken I saw that pop up in what did you put it, in Facebook I saw that in my Facebook feed and I'm like ah <laughs> Like, yeah, I put it on. I put it on uh, Flickr, I think, and then just linked oh, it to it Facebook. Was, yeah. it was, it's beautiful. We'll put it up on um, one of our, our our sites so that everybody, the listeners, can see it. But it's a fantastic picture, and I, I looked at it and I was like, I don't know. It seems like a very classic black and white picture. Thanks. Yeah, it was a very powerful crucifixion scene with like a life size cross, and Jesus is on the cross, and. I actually got out of the car and climbed up behind the cross and took another shot from a different angle. And, and you're looking out over this expanse of water. And I chose to leave that one in color because I think the colors are interesting mm -hmm. and, and uh, it just works better. So the two shots side by side, maybe we'll, we'll somehow put those where people can see them. But it, it's just, it's an interesting contrast of, when black and white works and when color works. Yeah, and it's such a great thing when you go to a when you go to a location, you can shoot both black and white and color and get such different pictures from the yeah. same place. Um, they say different things too. They're going to tell different stories, you know. And then you had this other shot uh, in Greenwood Cemetery, which I helped you process, and you originally had it in color. 
Yeah, it was another one. It was slightly confusing. You couldn't really tell it yeah, was color because yeah. there was hardly any color yeah. in the image. And, but yeah, you know, no, by making it explicitly black and white, it it told a story. And um, again, it's another fantastic picture. You got the tree in the background and the statuary up front, and then in the background, this hawk flying off of just you know just flying off the tree or something like that. And, and it was perfect. And it's such an it's such an image about shape, textures, you know, motion in a way, stopping motion. That you know the color would probably take away from it if there was a lot of color in that shot. Yeah, I, I agree. And but then there's and there's really not. And it's that stark winter kind of defoliated tree. So it's just a lot of outlines and lines. And yeah, it was. It's, and I, like like I've told you, Tony, I what you did with that image just turned it into something completely different. I didn't even realize what I had until you started playing around with it, which is a real testimony to the power of post production. Yeah, what and you, what you can do. Yeah, no longer it's you know I think we have a lot more control over the pictures now than we had in the darkroom, or at least for me. I mean, there are people who are masters of the darkroom and stuff like that, but I I find that the post production work that we can do now that's part of why the black and white has really appealed to me now. It's like I finally got a printer that prints black and white beautifully. I can I feel like I have a lot of control over my black and white when I'm working on the picture in whatever program I'm using. And mm -hmm. so I finally achieved the look that I've always wanted. And I really like the look from the photographers from the old days. You know, I'm, I grew up with them. And so to sort of emulate them in some way, emulate that quality, mm -hmm. uh, I find. And that's, so that's again, to sort of go back what you asked me from the beginning, is that that's what I'm finally able to do now, at least to my satisfaction, is achieve that style of black and white work that I grew up with that inspired me to become a photographer in the first place. You're getting so many great black and white images that I think there's also, even though we're making the point that oftentimes you could go either way with an image and depending on what you have and what you're going for, you may shoot some in color, transform some to black and white. But over time, as you accumulate a body of work, I mean, I could see you doing either a show or a book of your black and white street shot images and they would all be black and white, of course. Yes, and yeah. So there's, there's something about, even though you can certainly do both, and I think most of us are shooting both, but there are a certain styles evolve and emerge as we accumulate a body of work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so in that, in that sense, you're black and white, and I'm, I'm the color guy. <laughs> For now. I mean, yeah, again, I, could change. Pop, yeah. I popped in, a few, you know, when I pop in a few color pictures into my Instagram timeline, uh -huh. it, they really stand out. Like, all of a sudden, they're surrounded by my black and white work when you see these pops of color but what's interesting is that i can see that the black and white work is affecting my color work like i'm starting to look at color in a different way so it's a i think it's a good exercise to go out and shoot pictures go back convert them to black and white or keep them in color and use them to sort of help you with the other you know uh -huh. shoot yeah. color so like you were saying about the pictures that are very monochromatic and see what that's like and shooting black and white to see how it can improve your color work. Yeah. Another fun exercise is just take some color images that you have, duplicate them, and then turn them into black and white and, and just notice, go back and forth from color to the black and white and notice what that does. Mm -hmm. so. Well, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, man, that goes fast. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this is uh, I you know to be continued. Again, not a, it, we say black and white versus color. It's not a knockdown, drag out fight kind of thing. It's just 
you know, the, the two things come up against each other. And there are probably two camps where people are saying black and white and color. I think we're both, you and me are both in both. Yeah, you know? totally. You know, maybe later in another podcast, we'll talk about some of the techniques we use to, to do our, our color and black and white shots. I'd like to, I'd like to share that with everybody. Yeah, I think that would be good to go into more detail. Yeah. So that's it for today. We uh, would like to hear from you guys to give us some input on our podcast here. So if you're up for it, email us at info at switch to manual.com. We did get one listener question, which we should talk about for another podcast. So you guys send us some questions. We'll talk to you about what you guys are talking about. So send us some, send us some feedback, please. Yeah, and thanks to those of you who have chimed yeah, in. Yeah, it's we've gotten fun to hear from people. Yeah, we're getting up there in terms of listenership, so we're going to keep going. We hope you guys like this because we, we're having a good time too. So we can be found on Twitter, which is a great place. Uh, we're switch the number two manual, so switch to manual. We're also on Facebook is a big place for us. We like Facebook, and at the uh, suggestion of Allison Sheridan someone who's given us a lot of inspiration for this podcast. We've started a Google Plus group and actually, sorry, Google Google Plus community. So we're going to be spending a lot of time there. I actually like, Tom, I like the Google Plus community for photography. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting forum. And yeah. don't forget, we also just have our, our main website, switchtomanual.com. Switchtomanual.com, yes. And... The Google Plus place is a great place to get feedback also from, from everybody. So check us out on Google Plus. Uh, we're switched to manual there. Just do a search for us. You'll see Antonio and Tom as the uh, group owners. And uh, that's a good place to share pictures, too. And we're also on Flickr as well, Switch to Manual. We have a Flickr group, which you can get to at our website, switchtomanual.com. So that's it for today's show, Black and White versus Color. Tom, it was fun. Yeah, that was fun. All right. So... We will see you next time, and uh, Happy New Year, and talk to you later. Adios.